Hey friends, this is Shadima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, Cheekast episode 65. Boom. I got it right, y'all. So I am on with one of my dear friends, Tanya, and I'm just so excited. Well, I should say Tanya McIntosh, but we'll <laughs> we'll drop the last names in a second. But oh my God. So we haven't literally seen each other in a really long time. And I met Tanya when I lived in Las Vegas, and then we discovered that we have a love for yoga and the state of Michigan because we're both from Michigan. And I would teach, and she would come, and she supported a lot of my early classes, like when I was fumbling and didn't really know exactly what I was doing 100% of the time, but she was always there. And uh, one of our other friends, Jen, was there as well, Jennifer. and. I'm just so glad that you agreed to come on and be brave and share your story. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and I'm excited that you had me on. Totally. Well, you have a story because we all do and I am excited to get into that. But before we do, tell everyone who you are in your own words. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, So I've actually recently been thinking about this lately, about how awkward this question always is for me when people ask me to talk about myself. And I've decided recently that the best way I could describe myself is a professional learner. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if you've ever seen the TED Talk where um, they talk about multi-potentialites. But basically, basically a multi-potentialite is someone who cringes at that question, what do you want to be when you grow up, Um, thinking that there's just one thing that you need to be. I am among those who likes to explore different options, and I don't think I'm ever going to pick one thing. I, I just think that I'm an explorer, and I like to learn, and I like to create, and I am really into self-expression. So I think that's who I am. I love (laughs) that. Totally. (laughs) Right? Until the next thing, until you get drawn somewhere else. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to come on, like on this particular, this Survivor Series arc. I put out a call to people and I said, if you're a survivor, and you're willing to share your story or you know of someone, tag them. And you said, I would love to. So let's go backwards to, to go a little bit deeper into your story. Sure. Um, well, when I saw your post and I first started reading it, if you hadn't have put in there the thing that I'm a survivor of, <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought myself to be a survivor. Um, The thing that um, you put in there was uh, overcoming the death of a parent. And I feel like it's some kind of divine timing because I am coming up on the 15-year anniversary of my mom's death. And so I've always been open about talking about it, and I feel it's an important discussion to have with people. And so I just – it was one of those things where I didn't even think about it. I just just wrote on your post and – and then now here I am. <laughs> totally. So whatever you feel comfortable sharing, what happened 15 years ago? 
Sure. Um, well, 15 years ago, I was, I was 20 years old. Um, and my mom started having, um, stomach pains and, um, she, they were really bad and she was like having a little trouble going to the bathroom, not to get into too much detail, but, sure. um, she started, she would go to the emergency room. She went to the emergency emergency room a couple times and they kept sending her home and saying there was nothing wrong with her and just giving her like painkillers. And she kept going back, you know, she knew that there was something wrong and like she was in a lot of pain, not just like a regular amount of pain, like rolling around on the floor kind of pain. And so she finally had one doctor who had done a previous operation on her many years ago. And kind of to backtrack a little, my, my, dad, my dad worked in a hospital for many years, so my family was friends with a lot of doctors. So she, she saw this doctor while she was there, and he came over to talk to her, and he, he must have just believed her and uh, decided to do exploratory surgery. And so um, when he did that surgery, they uncovered that she had stage 4 ovarian cancer. And so it went from me thinking that my mom was just like constipated <laughs> to all of a sudden now she has stage four cancer. And the original um, diagnosis that they gave her, like the amount of time they gave her to live was two months from, from that time. So that's how it kind of unfolded. Sure. Wow, that's really um, tragic and powerful and... How were you feeling at the time? Because you hadn't, I mean, you were really young. I mean, 20 is a young person and it's a, it's one of those stages of your starting to kind of veer into being an adult. So kind of where were you emotionally and in other arenas of your life at that time? Sure. Um, at that time, I, I wasn't in college yet. I was one of those people that like waited a little while. So I was, I was working full time. I was, um, I was dating someone I'd been dating for a couple years. I was in a relationship. I still lived at home. Um, so emotionally before that, I was just like, you know, I was just normal, like living my life. Um, when I found out, obviously like it it's I can almost I can remember the moment when I got the phone call I was actually at my work I worked at Blockbuster Video which you know is no longer around anymore sure. but my sister is the one who called me and when I got on the phone I thought she was laughing and I was like I started laughing like what's so funny and then I re it quickly realized she was crying and I remember it's one of those moments in my life where I literally couldn't talk. Like when she told me, I just hung up the phone and like the people around me could tell something was wrong. And like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't utter words. It was, it was, uh, it was really, it was really strange. You know, it was almost like it was, I could see it happening to me. Like, you know, one of those types of experiences. Sure. And so what then took place? Like what happened? What happened after that? And what effects, if any, did you have? Like did you experience from an emotional standpoint or even physical? Oh, man. So it was like 
really fast and really slow at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So from that point on, the, the night that we found out, I had to go, I went and visited my mom in the hospital. She had just had that exploratory surgery and she was just waking up when we went in the room. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life was go in that room and not tell her that we knew that she had cancer because she didn't know yet and the doctor wanted to tell her. And so we were all in there and we all knew and we didn't want to act upset. So we were just trying to act normal. Um, I was so afraid of how she was going to take it. I wasn't even really thinking about myself at that point. I was just so worried that she was going to be so sad and freak out. And when they did tell her, she actually took it pretty well. Um, and from that point on, my dad and her went into um, looking for a different doctor, um, one that had more hope, one that wasn't just like, oh, you have two months. So she, we switched to a different hospital, one that was more um, cancer focused. And my mom was in there for a while and they began chemotherapy. And then later she came home and our life was a lot different from that point too because we had hospital beds in our house and my mom was hooked up to IVs and things. One thing that was particular to my mom's cancer case was that she couldn't eat food. So she got fed through um, IVs and things like that. So it was, it was like a lot different, just completely, like just all of a sudden. It was like my life was just this one way before and it was completely different after. Sure. Yeah, that, that totally makes, makes sense. And it's heartbreaking at the same time of the stark change. I mean, one minute, it seems like life is going as life goes. And then you're hit with something so tragic. Um, so wh how long was your mom part? I mean, how long did your mom um, stay alive? So she actually ended up staying alive about, I would say it was between six and seven month mark. So from the time that she was told or diagnosed to the time that she passed, I think it was just about seven months. Sure. And that, you know, one thing that is really inspirational about what you've shared so far is that your parents decided they wanted to switch providers to someone who was more hopeful. And I wonder if that, I mean, there's no way to know, but if that is what prolonged her life beyond the two months because she had hope and your dad had hope. And I'm sure as a family, your culture was to be hopeful and realistic, but hopeful as well. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of what that was like? Yeah, I, um, I absolutely believe that that is, that did help her buy her more time. I do, I do believe that. Um, so the process of like between that time and, you know, the, the seven month mark was um, when she was at home, it was just, we were just having fun together. I know that it, it was, it was sad too. Like I had moments where I, I let myself slip into the thinking of like, what if this, what if she doesn't make it? But mostly I had hope and mostly I was just, we were just spending time together. That was, that was the main thing. And I was trying to make it fun. We got her like, you know, headbands and we were just, 
watching movies. I have one specific memory of watching the movie Best in Show. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, me and my mom were watching it and I was laying on the hospital bed with her and we were just like cracking up. Um, it was, I don't know, it was some of the best times mixed in with some of the worst times sure. for sure. But um, we definitely had hope and, and she was hopeful the whole time too. That's awesome. So when she passed away, what changed for you? Like, and how were you able to kind of grieve and move forward to, I mean, where you are today? Sure. Um, well, everything changed for me after she passed. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to put it into words. But I definitely was no longer the person that I was before. And, um, you know, when it first happened, I went into this weird shock stage. And I think it was just my body's way of trying to protect myself. Um, and so I, uh, I, I definitely had moment like, allow myself to grieve, but, like, Grieving is, is such a such a weird process, and I don't think it happened. It definitely doesn't happen all at once. Um, but I I definitely um, I was the type of person who I made myself busy. That's that's what I did. <laughs> so I went right back to work, and I just tried to do as much as I could and stay as busy as I could. That was my initial way of dealing with it. Yeah. So were you able to, or did you notice anything um, from a like emotional, psychological perspective um, and even the physical? Um, I can't remember like any physical situations. I, I do know that like I, um, I had some, trouble like eating for a little while like I didn't have an appetite and stuff like that um, for the psychological I became very afraid that every I was gonna lose another person that was what happened to me I uh, pe I needed people to call me when they got home I was always checking on people very worried if if people weren't where they said they were gonna be at what time they said they were gonna be so I, I think I I guess physically I, I manifested anxiety. I guess that would be, I was sure. just always afraid of losing someone. Yeah. How was it with your family after the loss of your mom? With my family, I feel like I became the rock. Um, that's how it felt to me anyway. Um, so I felt like they both leaned on me a lot for support um, and kind of what to do with my dad. I, I went to grief counseling with him, like a grief group, which was um, really helpful. And with my sister, I just felt like more parental towards her, which I still do. Um, that never stopped happening. Um, but we didn't talk about it a lot. I feel like it was really hard for us to talk about it at first because it was so painful and still such an open wound 
So we, we didn't really talk about it very often. Yeah. And, and that happens. I mean, everyone's approach, you know, or experience with grief is so different and it's tough because it's so misunderstood. I think that's one of the biggest things is that people don't really understand grief. And so some of the ideas, even when people are attempting to be helpful, can really not be helpful. Yes. Um, so actually speak to that. Was there anything people did to you during this time that was really not helpful to your process? Yes, <laughs> there was. Um, acting like nothing happened mm, yeah. was the most painful thing for me. And um, I think a lot of times people feel like when someone is going through such a great loss like that or anything hard, that they don't want to bring it up around them because they don't want them to, and, and their intentions are good. They don't want the person to relive pain or like become upset. But for me, I wanted to talk about it because it was what was happening. And um, I wanted, I wanted people to, to listen and I needed someone to talk to. And I just felt like now every time I was anywhere in a room, I was just thinking about that and, and people were almost afraid to even, to even talk to me. So I felt like, I stopped hanging out with a lot of people and I felt like I lost a lot of friends through that process. I know I was young and it was probably a hard thing for my friends to, to really like deal with or know what to say to me. So I don't like blame any of them yeah. or anything like that, but it was, it was really hard for me. I didn't, I didn't have anyone to really talk to. Yeah. So did you, so you weren't able to do um, like one-on-one -on -one therapy or counseling or anything like that you did the grief group or yeah I did a support right? group yeah gotcha yeah yeah that, that was really helpful I mean just to be just to be around other people who were going through similar situations was good and it was a place for me to talk about it yeah absolutely um so when you know, how was it with anniversaries? You said that you're coming up on year 15. Um, does it, I won't even ask that question. You tell me how your experience has been um, as you've been marking time and still living your life and doing the things that, you know, are important to you and bring value to your life and passion to your life. So how has it been to live without your mom? It's been, for me, it's been a lot of different things. So I'll talk about anniversaries first. Um, some are okay. Some aren't that bad. Um, sometimes they come and they're, I don't leave the house. Um, and then there's like random, random days. Those are the ones that are almost harder because I'll be somewhere, like I'll be in a coffee shop and I'll see a, a mother and a daughter together and I will just start crying in the middle of a coffee shop <laughs> and it'll just hit me out of nowhere. And, um, you know, that happens to me a lot. Like it'll just, it'll just hit me and I'll, I'll just be somewhere and I just kind of let it come and, and then it goes and it is what it is 
Um, sometimes holidays are really hard for me and sometimes they're not. Um, the month of May is difficult for me in particular because my birthday is in that month. My mom's birthday is in that month and Mother's Day is in that month. So sure. sometimes I have a hard time. Um, but the thing that I've noticed through my journey and in, in my grieving process is that I never know what to expect. And, you know, they have that saying that time heals and I think in some ways it does, and I think in some ways it doesn't. Um, one of the most terrifying thoughts I had when um, my mom first passed was that one day there will be a point in my life where I've lived more of my life without a mom than I have with a mom, which I was trying not to cry, but I'll be okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, that anniversary is coming up like it. It's, I mean, it's still some years away, but it's getting, clo it's closer now to it than being farther away from it. So sure. for that, um, that thought, it's just crazy. But also losing my mom at su such a young age has also given me this um, strength that I've been able to cultivate that I don't think I would have had I not gone, gone through this. Um, and she's like my inspiration and my reason for pushing forward. And I, I think sometimes when you go through tough situations, um, it's easy to want to hide, but for me, it's been a motivator to try harder and to push myself and to not waste the days that I have because I seeing, seeing death made me realize how precious life is and how little time that we have. And um, it's made me become a better person, I think. And it's still making me become a better person because it, it motivates me in, in ways that, you know, nothing else could. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. And, you know, the tears and the emotion is, just you being human and authentic and transparent about um, this. I don't know if tragedy is the right word, but life happening yeah. and having an effect on you, not just then, but consistently over the last 15 years, it just has looked different. You know, it hasn't been the exact same thing every, every day. And so you are absolutely a survivor um, that is not an easy thing to navigate. Um, and so I'm really glad that you bravely came on and were willing and able and ready to share this part of your story. And you're right. It's, I mean, the story's not over, right? Like while we have breath, we get to continue to, connect with one another and have an impact on one another and um, just, just be here, you know, and keep learning and keep growing. So thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else that you feel you'd like to share? Yes. I, I just want people to know that it's okay 
to be afraid of death. It's like the most human like feeling to be afraid of the unknown. But I do think it's very important to keep death in mind and to have conversations around it wherever you can. Because I think if you hold a fear of death and you're afraid of it to the point to where you avoid discussing it and you avoid, you know, having it in your life, that you're not going to be able to live your life fully. The reality is we all are going to die. And I think it's kind of a beautiful a beautiful thing. You can use that knowledge to live your life on purpose and to live it beautifully and to do the things that you really want to do deep down because this is your one chance. And so if there's any message that anyone gets from this today, I hope that it's that. And I hope that if you're hearing this and there's something you've been waiting to do or something you've been waiting to say, that you do it because now is all that we have. And it is, it is scary, but trust me, it's also beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's really quite powerful and really beautiful. Um, Thank you. And I definitely value our friendship and, and just what you do in the community. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. This thank is such you. a great and um, as, as much as it's a sombering topic, it's still a joyful one too because you had time with your mom and you were able to spend, you know, be deliberate yes. in how you spent time with her and even your acknowledgement of and suggestion to us, you know, to live life on purpose is such a beautiful, powerful thing. So thanks so much for coming on. The Thank podcast. you for having me. So we'll read one story today. Um, it's a woman and she says, I haven't slept in a very long time. I work two jobs at two different hotels. I just finished three shifts in a row. Last night, I went to my room service job at 11 p.m. and worked through the night until 6 a.m. I went home to take a shower, then had to be at the other hotel for my front desk job at 8 a.m. I worked there until 3.30 p.m., then ran back to the first hotel for another shift that started at 4 p.m. I just got off a few minutes ago, and I'm sitting here to rest for a moment before getting on the train home. I work this hard because I'm a single parent. I came here when I was very young from the Dominican Republic. I'm very happy with what I've done. I started with nothing and raised two kids, but I have to work two jobs so that they can get an education and go to college. I tell them every day, look at how hard I work. Look at how I don't have time to sleep. I can't control my own time. I can't manage my own schedule. This is why you need an education. I work this hard so that you can do the things that I'm unable to do and have the things that I can't have. So that is demonstrative of a mother's love and I suspect yes. that your mom is really happy with this podcast and mm. really happy with what you're doing in your life I hope so I think she is I think she is too so 
Um, friends, thank you so much for being here and listening. And thank you for all of your love and support. It's definitely very appreciated. Um, I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I'm in that place in me, there's only one of us. So thanks y'all for being here. Have a gratitude filled rest of your day. My name is Chidima, also known as the type A hippie. And this is the type A hippie podcast, GCast episode 65. Until next time, namaste. Namaste.